From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what you can do to equip yourself to feel more comfortable when you talk about different aspects of sex. And there's an anonymous quote that says, be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. And I think that's especially true when it comes to married couples discussing their sex life. Oh, yes. I mean, there's definitely, there's bravery, there's courage that comes into that. And we're going to be discussing that in today's show. But first, one of my most favorite parts of the show, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And the hug is that opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family, someone whose marriage is being transformed. And this week's hug is brought to you by Position of the Month Club. And we're going to share a little bit more about how this club is transforming marriages later in the show. The hug comes from an email that we received that starts with, we did it, exclamation yes. point. Yes, yes, yes. My husband and I completed our very first seven days of sex challenge. We've been married for a little over two years and have struggled with sex our entire marriage. I'm the high desire spouse and my husband is the low desire spouse. And we struggled to get help because everyone and every resource always assumed that it was the wife that wouldn't want to have sex as much. So we were left feeling like there was something wrong with both of us. Mm. I found your podcast when you did an interview on another show, and I love the transparency and openness about sex, especially in the context of a Christian marriage. When I approached him about the seven days of sex challenge and the intimacy lifestyle, he knew something needed to be done, but was apprehensive about it because he was afraid that having sex for seven days straight would just bring out more of what was wrong with him. But he still agreed to do the challenge and set up the intimacy lifestyle. Right on. The challenge for us was more about finding better ways to be open with each other Mm -hmm. and with things surrounding sex. We've gone from having sex maybe once a month to having sex at least twice a week. And the sex has been so much better. We've opened up lines of communication and can talk about sex without tiptoeing around it. Love it. We appreciate you guys so much. Without your podcast and resources, we would still be stuck in a place of feeling like there's something wrong with us and not having the connecting sex that we desire. So thank you for allowing God to use you in such a special way because you really are making a difference. Mm. Wow. I love that, man. I love when we get we did it, and I love I love when folks come into into realizing that it's not just about the sex, mm-hmm. you know, because we get that question all the time, you know, from from husband and wives, from both, and it's all oh, it's just about sex, and and it's not. And this hug so well explained that it wasn't just about the sex; it was that connection, that ability to talk about sex, and then yes, have it and complete the challenge. So way to go, you guys. Well, and I really love it when, as I'm preparing for the show and I start looking at the hugs and, and this hug, I actually dropped it in really before reading it. And then as I started reading it and thinking about today's topic, I love it when those two things really get married together, where it's exactly what we're talking about in today's show, that, that talking about sex for this couple and for so many, it's hard. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard to talk about it because it makes you feel, you know, for some of you, it's just, it's uncomfortable or you feel anxious or scared or nervous. You mm-hmm. can be worried that the conversation is going to go sideways. Like mm-hmm. I think we're talking about sex and the next thing we've got all this emotional stuff that's creeped into it or, or that your spouse won't understand what you're trying to say. 
we've been there. And, and recently we asked the one family on IG stories to share with us, what are the most difficult topics for you to discuss sexually? And the list was long and varied. Yeah. And I want to just say for those of you who haven't participated, you know, go on over to Instagram, search us at one extraordinary marriage and you can participate weekly. We are putting up polls, questions, because we love hearing from you and what, what's happening with, with you. And you know, when Elisa just read, you know, when you start talking about sex, the words that she shared, uncomfortable, anxious, scared, nervous, those are coming right from you guys. Mm -hmm. And it so helps us to understand where you are in your life. And especially around a topic on sex, when it's about talking about it, not even having sex, but just talking about it. Well, and when these responses started coming in, it actually made us realize oh, yes. as they were coming in, because Tony and I both accessed the Instagram, they made us realize that we need to be digging deeper into these topics, right? That we can't adequately serve you, that we can't adequately cover this in you know a quick 30 minute show. Mm -hmm. We'd love to, we'd love that if it was that easy, but the reality is, is that we need to be face to face with you guys. We need to be able to go deeper. And so we just want to, we want to put it out there. We want you to keep your eyes and your ears open for an announcement just coming in the next few weeks around this, because we're going to do a live event here in San Diego. Uh, literally, this is all coming together kind of as we speak, which is why you're not getting more details now, but it's going to be for couples. It's going to be an opportunity for us to be face to face with you. And if you're interested in learning more about this, send an email to info at one extraordinary marriage and in uh, one extraordinary marriage.com. Mm -hmm. And in the subject line, just put, tell me more. Yeah. And this is going to be based all around sex. This is completely different than the one conference. This will be most likely a one day event where we are going to dive into, Hey, how do we help you feel more comfortable together talking about sex and in a way where you have the space to do that, mm -hmm. not to just listen to it and maybe hope that you guys will finally get together, but actually give you that space so you can do it together and us being there together, coaching you guys, if you run into some roadblocks. Yep. So like Elisa said, just go info at one extraordinary marriage and put, tell me more. And part of the thing that came about as we were looking at all these responses, and this was true for us is that the conversations around sex have really never been normalized. Mm -mm. right? That we, we grow up and, and our parents aren't talking about sex. And then there's the really awkward sex ed classes in, you know, junior high or in high school. And Which those both of our kids have recently gone through and told us they're, they're weird and they feel weird and uncomfortable. And these are kids that are, have been brought up in a home where we actually talk about sex. Correct. Right. So I can only imagine if you don't talk about sex, how your kids are handling those classes. But, you know, we're, we're not supposed to ask for what we want, right? We're supposed to allude to our desires, you know, instead of being direct, like hint about it. Mm -hmm. And there's also this, this mindset that says, this expectation that says, if you love me, if my spouse loves me, if Tony loves me, then he should know how to have sex with me. It should just be like, I don't know, bestowed upon him on our wedding day. You've now married Elisa and poof, you know exactly how to make her happy in the bedroom. That, that doesn't happen. For those of you that are listening and you're engaged or newlyweds, if it hasn't happened yet, it's because it's not supposed to happen. This is a topic that we need to be talking about. We need to be, we need to be couples who are equipped and we get it. Because there were years, mm -hmm. I want to say oh, yeah. probably a good decade. Oh, for sure. Because I would even say in, in, in connection with our hug this week, you know, you read so much 
And like them, it, it was always the reversal of the high desire, low desire spouse. So they felt like there was something wrong. And I think for many years for us, just reading books or seeking out information, we couldn't find anything that helped us to overcome that. Everything was seemed to me personally was it would always just work out. Sex should just work. And like you had shared, it's just, I should have just known and you should have known mine. And there wasn't this connection of being able to like, how do we really talk about sex together in a way that doesn't have a bunch of judgment around it, doesn't have a bunch of offense around it, doesn't have a bunch of just uh, critical aspects to it, but a conversation. And yes, through those conversations, and, and you and I have learned that there is some of that though, that that does happen and we have to work through that ourselves. But I would say for that first decade, we, we weren't willing to touch that, nor could we find anything that helped us to go through that. Well, because I don't think we were actually having conversations. We didn't talk about new positions. We didn't talk about fantasies. We didn't talk about initiating or differences in design. We complained about those things. Mm-hmm. Like, let me be real clear. There was lots of complaining oh, yeah. going on in the first decade, but nothing constructive, nothing that said, how do we, as we say so often on the show, how do we tackle this area of our marriage as a team? Mm-hmm. Instead, we were definitely with our words and our actions tackling each other. I think more blaming one another for in, in, in maybe not even vocally blaming one another. I think that is something I've mm. learned about myself in those early years. It wasn't that I vocalized and blamed you for it. I would internalize all that and find ways to say, oh, Elisa doesn't want to work on our sex life. She doesn't want to talk about it. But that was just the tape mm-hmm. or the recording that was going on in my own mind instead of just opening my mouth and beginning to speak and talk about sex. Which is really interesting that that our children were born in that first decade because I, I'm not really sure you know how this would happen, but somehow we'd end up in bed and we'd both be naked and we'd get into the missionary position and it would be in the dark and we'd have sex and, and it'd be over very quickly. Yeah, and right. a snap of a finger. A snap of a finger. and But there was all of this, all of this, self-talk going on, like Tony said, and and there was this disconnect and this frustration. And the reality is, is that it is hard to talk about sex. We have expectations. We have baggage. We're not sure what's okay and what's not. We don't want to hurt feelings. The number one thing that you all said made it so difficult to talk about sex was that you don't want to offend or hurt your spouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Offense is a very big word and it carries a lot of weight and it can do a lot of damage. And so there's this, this, well, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want that feeling to come forward. And yet when we hold back from our spouses in any area, yesterday we're talking about sex, but if it happens in any area, you hold back, you create, you, you withhold communication, you create a wall in your marriage. You create an elephant in this case, sitting between the two of you in your bed. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. Instead of the elephant in the room, it's the elephant between husband and wife in the bed. And that's and you know what? That offense is a big one. It, it is it is a big area for each of us to approach. Mm-hmm. And having been there ourselves, I, I think I have done stuff and said stuff when it comes to our conversations around sex because I don't want to offend Elisa. Because in all honesty, for me, I will share that. If I say something wrong, are we going to have sex? Mm -hmm. And that's not a good place to be living. 
I learned that over the years. I don't do that anymore. I mean, pretty much we shoot straight to one another and it may take us a day or so to just get our thoughts together and get out on a walk and talk to discuss it, but it doesn't get held back anymore. Well, and, and I'm glad you talk about the fact that we very rarely actually talk about our sex life in the bedroom. Yeah. I don't think we really ever talk about that in, in our bedroom any longer. Well, and that's, that's so key, you know, as we're talking about this idea of feeling more comfortable talking about sex, it's this idea that sometimes because there's so much weight around this, because it feels so uncomfortable and and I'm sure Tony is not the only one that has felt like, okay, if I bring this up, like, are we even going to, well, how long will that drought be? Mm -hmm. And and it's because there are so many different things that you want to talk about. I mean, you've told us that it's hard to talk about, about everything. That was a very popular response. Everything for you talk. It's hard to talk about being emotionally connected. The differences in your desire, like this wife shared, she's the high desire. He's the low desire. How do we make this work? There are so many of you that want to try new positions, but you don't know how to bring that up or how to share what's working, what feels good. And what doesn't, and when do you bring that up and how do you bring that up? And and maybe you want to discuss anal sex or you want to talk about the difficulties that you're having orgasming or, you know, fantasies or whatever it is. And the truth is, is that even preparing for this show, even after doing this show for nine and a half years, as we're preparing for the show, Tony's like, yeah, you know, there's still sometimes when it's hard to talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. And I share that with all of you. Because I want you to know that we're all a work in progress. And even on this topic, as Elisa and I continue to dive deep into this, and even in our own lives and with so many of you in the one family, we're never going to get to a point where it's just like, it's all good. It's the greatest it's ever been. And it's never going to decrease. I can say it will increase. It can go both ways, but we're constantly growing. Life happens. Things go on. And so what we thought worked five years ago and we enjoyed five years ago may not work as well now. And so if we stopped having that conversation five years ago, we can get into a place where we don't have that conversation anymore. Or how do we address it now? Because we've had those good times and now it's sort of diminishing. We we had so much good stuff and we tried new positions. Maybe you've been in that spot. We've had this amazing like run, like you didn't have that before. And now it's sort of diminishing. So what do I say now? Because I don't want to lose that. And yet if I bring it up now, many years later, is it going to, you know, am I going to offend my spouse Mm -hmm. now? Because they think it's all been great and they see nothing wrong with it. And that could be a case as well. And I want to say something I I hadn't actually thought about sharing this in the show, but as you're talking about offense, the thought that popped into my head is so often we become offended because we let our pride become more important than our relationship. Mm. Right. So, so when we bring, when our spouses bring something up to us and we get into that place where, where we go on the defensive or we get angry or we, you know, have a a negative reaction, Mm. I think it's often because our pride takes over and says, well, well, that surely isn't about me. 
And so we've got it. As we talk about this topic, some of you might actually need to lay your pride down to put it down and say, wait a minute, if my spouse is bringing this to me and I don't have to be so proud about what I think I am or who I think I am or what I think I'm capable of in the bedroom. And instead I lay my pride down and I go into this place where I say, okay, you know what? Let me receive what my spouse is saying. Let me listen. What if, what if you put your pride down for a second and you didn't get offended and you heard what he or she had to say and your sex life went from where it's been to extraordinary to rock star status because you were willing to put your pride down. And that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I, I've, I've been the offended one, but hearing Tony even talk about offense, I was like, Oh, we can't let this conversation go without talking about pride mm-hmm. because pride will drive a wedge between the two of you like nobody's business. And, and as we're talking about this topic, I, I want to make sure that you know that it is more than okay for husbands and wives to talk about sex. Yes, 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 yes. And that's why we love talking about it so much here on the One Extraordinary Marriage Show because we want you guys to feel comfortable or at least be able to go, I heard Tony and Elisa talk about this. Hey, hun, why don't you listen as well? And then we'll talk together. So it's okay for you guys to talk about sex. Did you hear that? It's okay. Mm-hmm. The lightning will not strike you down. The earth will not crumble. Like all of these crazy things are not going to happen. It's something that husbands and wives need to be talking about because you're not going to know what's working, what's not working, what your spouse wants to try, what they're excited about. What's, you know, like that was, you know, so five years ago, mm-hmm. you're not going to know. And you could be operating again because of that pride that says, well, five years ago, I had this figured out and it was great. Um, it, don't get stuck in the past, right? That's another place where the offense comes from. Like it worked before and you're not willing to figure out what's working now. And that's an interesting thing. You bring that up. And I would say also with that, don't get stuck in the past of what you've always done Mm -hmm. to think that's the only thing that you can do because we can find that, Hey, all of a sudden our spouse does want to try a new position, but we go, well, this one has always worked or that one has always worked. Why would I want to try something new? It, all they're asking is for you to move in a different place, mm-hmm. in a different way. They may not even be saying to do it in the shower, on the floor, in the bathtub, uh, on the kitchen table. They're asking you to try a new position, maybe go from missionary to maybe on your side to spooning from maybe a rear entry, whatever it may be. You know, you on top, they're asking you to do that on your bed where you're having sex anyways. Mm -hmm. So don't get also stuck on what has always worked because you don't know if you try something new, how much you may enjoy it or it may not work. And then that, that goes into that next discussion of why that doesn't hurt. Here's, here's a perfect example. We have many of couples and our position on the month club and many of wives who have shared with Elise and I, when we do our monthly chat with our summit partners who will be like, I love being on top. It's the greatest, you know, da, 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 da. I would love for Elisa to be there when she does her hips honestly hurt her. It, it is a, it's an uncomfortable position. She'll do it maybe every so often. I appreciate that time that she will do that. But I don't, we have come to that agreement and discuss it. It's like, it doesn't have to happen every time. It's, it's okay. There are other positions we'll work on together that we do enjoy, but 
but that's one that she she does go out of her way and it's a discussion that we've had to have and she's had to have with me mm-hmm. to just say tony honestly when i'm in that position it hurts my hips and i okay totally understand well and those conversations it's so important that you all know that these are not one-time conversations Like you don't talk about your sex life and what it's going to look like on your honeymoon night. And then you don't talk about it for the next 50 years, Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is a living active part of your marriage. It needs to be that it it needs to be a part of it. The other thing too, is that it, it can be awkward, but I want you to think back to the first time that you had sex. That was awkward too. And you haven't stopped just because it was awkward. You know, we've got to be in this mindset of, of, being empowered of getting into this place of saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but before we talk about empowering you, I want to share, I mentioned at the top of the show that the show is brought to you by position of the month club. And, and we've talked about it a little bit here, just sprinkled throughout the conversation, but I want to share a little bit more about them because this week's show is brought to you by the position of the month club. And we are so blessed to have these faithful partners who like Tony said, are experiencing transforming power in their marriage. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just, you know, that club where you're like, yeah, check that box. The, our summit partners specifically are so engaged. Mm -hmm. The sense of community and support is, is unbelievable. As one summit partner shared with us, we've never had a place where we can openly comment, discuss, and share information about sex. It's a safe place to discuss the tough topics and we get to communicate with like-minded couples. It's a true community. And if you want to learn more about joining us in the Position of the Month Club, check it out at positionofthemonthclub.com. All of our monthly partners receive a special e-publication delivered to their inbox each month with date ideas, romance challenges, new positions, and much, much more. And if you join as a summit partner, you're going to have access to that private Facebook group where I was just talking about where we hang out. You know, Tony and I are in there all the time as well. And you get to join us for the monthly video chat. We'd love it if you wanted to join us or consider giving a membership to a friend or family member. Check it out at positionofthemonthclub.com. As we've been talking this year, this has been the year of our hashtag in the moment. And really, this topic could not be more critical to that mindset. Correct. Of of being in the moment of saying, you know what, I'm going to be fully present and and we're going to have this conversation. I'm going to be thinking about what I'm saying, not to interrupt my spouse when they're like, you know what, that's not working for me. And you're like, but, but it did, or, but that's what I want to do. But no, no, no. Be in the moment and listen, Mm -hmm. listen to what they're saying. Quiet the chatter in your head that says, well, if they're saying this to you, it's because you're, you're not adequate or, or you're not good enough or, or you're not, that's all just, that's a voice that needs to be told to shut up. Yes. And we all have that. Elise and I have dealt with that ourselves. And it's one of those big places, man, where, where to be in the moment and to really have a comfortable conversation around sex with your spouse, you have to stop the chatter that is telling you that you're not good enough Mm. because you are, Mm -hmm. you are, and you need, you need to just silence it and allow yourself to just live in the moment to experience something fully without judging yourself. Wow. So I I hear it too many times of husbands who are just like, I love my wife. I love her. She's beautiful. And then I'll talk to the wife and the wife's like, well, this is going on and this is my problem. And, and he thinks about me like this and I'm going, "Are, are you guys in the same world? Like, do you understand how much your husband just wants to be around you? Mm-hmm. 
So stop the chatter in the mind. And truly, it, it, it can be tough, believe me, but I've gone to this place where I can shut it off. It is done and I can truly be there. And I would think Elisa would say the same as well. Well, and what I want you all to know is that as part of the one family, you you know what it takes to be intentional, mm-hmm. right? You show up here at least once a week to listen to the show, right? You, you're learning new skills. You're capable of making change. You're, you're developing this ability, this language mm-hmm. around sex. And, and as you've been listening to the show, there have been... Uh, conversations that have popped into your head, things that you thought, oh yeah, I know Tony and Lisa, but I can't bring that up to, to my spouse. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't stop with the, I can'ts because every, I can't is literally another brick in the wall between you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. It, it is plain and simple. You, you need to be asking yourself what needs to change in our dynamic so that we can have these conversations because something needs to change. You've been doing the same old thing and you keep hoping for a different result and it's not happening yet. And so you may have to, you know, you may have to listen to the show together, right? So often, and we've heard this many, many times when it comes to specifically topics around sex, you'll say, you know what, let's, let's hear what Tony and Lisa have to say. Not because we're pointing fingers at one another, but because it's easier to listen to somebody else having a conversation than it is to initiate the conversation yourself. Right. Some of you may need to get your hands on 19 questions to amazing sex because a lot of the things that you talked about that were hard to bring up, talking about sex toys, talking about anal sex, talking about different positions, all of those things, guess what? They're on 19 questions to amazing sex with your spouse. Yeah. And now you don't have to sit down and do them all at one time. You can, you can take one or two questions per session, you know, go on a walk and talk, go grab a coffee, go grab some iced tea, sit down on the beach, on the lake, in a chair, outside, wherever it may be around, around the fire pit after the kids are asleep and just take one of them mm-hmm. and answer and ask it, you know, just start there. And if you want to pick it up, go to one slash 19 questions. For those of you who you've had past hurts, maybe you've even had Um, some hurts around your sexual intimacy that have created this wall between you and your spouse. We get that. We've been there. Um, These are things that you need to address and talk about. You got to begin to be open, honest, and transparent. If, If you're having difficulty doing that just directly with your spouse, it may be an opportunity to bring in a third party, mm-hmm. bring in a counselor, an MFT, maybe a marriage coach comes in and can help you address some of that. If it's deeper issues where there has been sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, you've been molested, there, there's, there are issues that happened when you were six years old and you have suppressed them, repressed them, have not dealt with them, please get help. The conversation that we want you to have to be able to have that ability to just have a, a conversation around sex, that can be jaded if you're not fully okay in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. And, and instead of using the word, I'd actually use the word healthy. Healthy. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've often said on the show that your marriage and specifically around this topic, your sex life is only going to be as healthy as the two of you are healthy. Yes. That, yeah. Right. Perfect. So whether that's, that's emotional healing because there's been past traumas, whether there's, you know, anger issues that you need to release, whether it's, you know, the words that you're choosing, all of those types of things, you need to, you need to take action. 
Can we stop wishing and hoping and, and wanting to talk about but not take action? Uh-huh. The wishing and the hoping aren't going to do squat for your marriage or your sex life. They're not. But when you take action and do something different, when you take action to say, you know what, what do we want our sex life to look like? What, what do, how do we envision this? Because there was, there was a dream. There was a vision you had on your wedding day. Trust me. I've talked to enough couples. There was a vision for what the sex life was going to look like on the wedding day. It's time to say, what's our vision now? What can we build together? If we get on the same team, if we say, you know what, we're going to create a dynamic in our marriage where we can talk about sex. If we need to get help, we're going to do it. If we need resources, we're going to do it. Why? Because the desire to be sexually intimate doesn't go away. Can I say one thing? Say it. It just hit me. Do not use your kids as an excuse either for not being able to talk about this topic or have a conversation or even have sex. It, it really just hit me to to understand like Elisa and I, that the changes that have happened in our sexual conversations and our sex life have had to ebb and flow because of our kids and where they are. And yet I am so glad that we continue to press on and talk about it as the kids got older, because had we not, I don't think we'd be having sex at all. There was a time when we got the sound and sleep machine. We picked that thing up and I'll put a link to it here in the episode notes, as well as the 19 questions and stuff for you guys. But there was a time that for Elisa, that was the big area of concern for her. What if the kids hear something? What if, what if they hear us? And that's when we went on a search, but we had the conversation And that's when we went on the search and we found that sound and sleep machine. And that allowed us to go, ah, okay, here's, here's one area or here's one thing that we can add to our sexual intimacy and add to that sexual toolkit so we can have sex. Mm -hmm. And really this conversation could keep going. It it can. (laughs) And that's why, you know, if this show resonated with you, if you're like, I want to be a part of that conversation, I want to know how to do this. I want to, I want to have that facilitated. And you want to be one of the first to know about the live event that we're going to do here in San Diego, send an email to info at one marriage.com. And in the subject line, just put, tell me more. And as we gather all of that information and put it together, you're going to be one of the first to know. Yeah. All right, you guys, we love coming behind these microphones and talking about topics in areas that are going to challenge Elisa and I and going to challenge you. They're going to challenge you to have the extraordinary marriage you desire. Take this week, do do one of those things. Do one of the things that we shared with you. Maybe it's grab the 19 questions. Maybe it's just getting real with yourself and dropping the pride and the ego. And you really need to search and understand where you're at in your own life. So that way you can have the sexual or the sex conversation with your spouse. It may mean that, hey, You're going to go get a sound and sleep machine just to help you think during sex and being in the moment with your spouse, whatever it may be. We're excited for you. So enjoy it. Get that conversation though. Get a a date on your calendar and have the sex conversation. We love you guys. Take care. We'll catch you next week and we're excited for what's ahead. Love you guys.